Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware and Unbreak My Spine. Say <laughs> no. again. I'm Em. Oh my God. I'm Anna. <laughs> this week on Shelf Aware, we read book number 50. 50 out of 54 Animorphs books. We're on number 50. Yes. The ultimate written ghostwritten by kimberly morris it was cassie pov so everyone take a wild guess what i thought of it em how'd you like this book <laughs> i liked aspects of it um yeah there were did you like the whole it. jason of it all or the james of it all sorry not jason she like the james yeah. of it all i felt like this was very much an episode of a tv series that's setting up for a spinoff and i was here for the spinoff right yes yes like, yes bring it to me i'm so ready to i read need this. new energy breathe new life into this world for me with a spinoff mm-hmm. yes i liked all that cassie babe you know cassie, i go to bat for you this was you can't though this was egregious i'm so glad you agree i um em and i we talk about the book sometimes when we're not recording the books it happens and i was like I had just said to her, because I had finished the book, she had not yet, and I said, You this Cassie has has is you cannot justify what she has done in this book. But I knew saying that that might cause M to want to try and justify it the entire time she was reading it. So I'm very relieved to hear that you think that this is egregious. <laughs> the only way I can kind of justify it, because I am that terrible person yes. who always d- debates everything you say. Uh-huh. Um the only way I can kind of justify it is to be like the writers fucked up because like it's so bad it's so it bad. bad it doesn't it doesn't make sense the point that she the, i i fully disagree with the points that she makes um mm-hmm. and also as we'll get into she comes up with the idea in the first place and then she's like oh no wait i hate it and i'm actually, like girl shit actually it's bad and morally wrong and i'm like okay <laughs> i can't i can't do this with you and the main thing that she does is stupid. The thing that she does at the end is incredibly stupid. Incredibly dumb. So so upsetting. I, ugh, I can't with I Cassie's actions it. in this book. Do I still like Cassie? Yes. Do I like Cassie post this book? Mm, maybe not. Not at all. The only thing I could think of is if this is one of those things where like. Cassie is not in control of her actions because she's being guided by the Elemist. Right. But if that is the case, that is such like a fucking cop out. Mm-hmm. I, mm, which I, is why I'm saying the only way I can justify this is the writers fucked up. <laughs> like, the writers fucked up. Yeah, that this yeah. is just a which, bad take on Cassie, and I don't. I agree. We Cassie's. We've hinted at this at the last episode. Cassie has never really had a driving plot she Mm -hmm. has been the 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 moral sounding point for the animorphs she has been kind of like a uh like this mother earth mother gaia figure i suppose for like being on the side of earth like she's earth's champion humankind's champion in a way that the others are kind of like well if people die they die you know Mm -hmm. she there has been no movement and no growth in cassie i don't think and I I I thought maybe foolishly after the book where she had to turn into a wolf and kill a shit ton of people that that would be a point a turning point for Cassie where she would be like okay 
I understand that this kind of like bleak, you know, violent uh, take on this war, literal war we are fighting as children is sometimes unavoidable if we want to win and right. we want everyone to live, you know, at the end of the day. But no, she's just right back to like ignoring that that happened, I suppose, and pretending like she has some sort of moral high ground that she can stand upon to judge everyone else around her. And it's absolutely bullshit. <laughs> I think the problem with Cassie, and I mean, we started out this podcast comparing Cassie and Rachel and mm-hmm. saying that it's kind of problematic to compare the only two female characters. But I think yes. that they are being drawn as comparisons to each other, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are both very similar in that they are both representative of extremes and do not have personal stakes in the fight, right? Yes. All of the ma- male characters are given personal stakes. Mm-hmm. Axe is an Andalite who wants to get back to the Andalites. Tobias is a hawk boy who's stuck as a hawk. Jake is brother. His brother. He's a yerk. Marco's <laughs> mom is a yerk. Okay, yeah. cool. Cassie doesn't have that. Rachel doesn't have that. Uh, they both are just in the fight because it is the right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or and they both the, have boyfriends that do it, and too, they both so like, have boyfriends in the fight. Um, they're the DM's girlfriend who has been brought mm-hmm. here to, to yep, participate yep. Um, <laughs> to round out the numbers. Uh, <laughs> however, Rachel's thing hurt. So Cassie, come exactly, on. exactly. <laughs> Rachel, her too farness is she is too far into war right she's like i like this war i like not that she likes the war but that she likes what it has enabled her to be right yes cassie is the opposite you know she hates it and she hates what it's turned her into this is literally the things I put as their their complications yes. in the Animorphs game that I read. Episode one fifty. Um, I was Cassie. <laughs> Shit. And, but this is this is what their their things are. Their defining features. And for Rachel, as the war gets more and more and more, that is a helpful feature. Mm-hmm. It becomes not a bug, but a but a feature, right? Yes. Um, yes. Whereas for Cassie, it starts off being a problem. <laughs> It gets to just be more of a problem. And it just stagnates. And it just, it gets worse and worse. It's like, I guess that's, that's, that's why we have this trope of like the girl worth fighting for. Right. And that's kind of like what Cassie has fallen into, but she's mm-hmm. like in the fight as well. So it's, it doesn't really work that she right. doesn't change. Right. There is kind of this, like you said, the trope of the girl worth fighting for, right. Of the thing of like, there has to be something for us to come back to. Right. Yes. And sexistly, that is traditionally a Mm -hmm. female loved one. The Um, world worth fighting for. Right. We didn't sing it before and we really showed great restraint not doing so. So I had to let it out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it does get weird when the, you know, uh, you know, this has been updated in recent times to perhaps not always be a, you know, mom or girlfriend but mm-hmm. when the person that you're fighting for is also fighting like okay well if their role is to be the good pure thing that can't be destroyed by war which is kind of what cassie's role is mm-hmm. it it turns out that's not effective in fighting a war like, you need to remove it yes 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 it's it's tiresome yeah, it either needs to change 
or it needs to be removed from the yes. fight. You know we love a corruption arc. That would We love a corruption fine. arc. Mm-hmm. We also have many times advocated for Cassie to be sidelined. That yes. Cassie needs to take a more uh, support role to be the healer that mm-hmm. she is meant to be. Yes. Yeah. And which is totally fine for some. If you feel overwhelmed in a situation and you don't like it, get out. That's fine. That's valid. But they don't. They just force her to be here and be miserable. And therefore, every time we have to read from her POV, we are forced to be there and be miserable. It's just. Mm. And then she makes decisions that are ethical on a broad spectrum. But we've learned time after time after time that you can't do that in a war. You can't. You can, when, when it's this personal, too. Like, the ending of this book. Awful. The, her smugness about mm-hmm. it. Oh, but I was sure God. I did the right thing. I was Girl, sure no, you didn't. It felt you didn't. Right. I, nope. Nope. You gave away Ugh. the one advantage you guys have had this entire time. Just absolutely just fucking threw it away for what? For what? For what? So your boyfriend wouldn't have hurt feelings. Remember that time you killed a whole shack full of people as a wolf? The first book where you he hawed a police officer into a <laughs> off a cliff or whatever. Like, remember Cassie? How many people you've killed? Just let Jake have the one, <laughs> or just kill him yourself. Just kill, just him, kill yourself. him yourself, bud. Exactly. That is the question: is why didn't she just finish the job herself? Because she didn't want her to hurt her boyfriend's feelings. And you, th- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's-, that's the thing is Cassie has become so like at this point in their relationship is like the only one invested. Yeah. And Jake you- is busy fighting a war and Cassie is busy worrying over Jake. And yeah. I'm like, you know, and at this point, I don't even want Carco anymore. I don't want Cassie to be with anyone. I want her to leave and go heal. But also I did pick up some cargo in this book there was some cargo yeah, there, there was there was definitely marco was ready to come swoop in <laughs> <laughs> but now maybe maybe i'm just focused on jake and axe yeah <laughs> jacks team jacks it's your time <laughs> all right let's we've we've done enough philosophical bullshit to yeah. make cassie so let's talk proud. about cassie's let's philosophical about bullshit <laughs> so, uh, so the beginning of this book is a real it's a real chore to get through, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, I skipped every, most of it. Everything at Hork, Camp Hork-Bajir is going bad. Um, we've left... Where Last we left off, Jake is mourning the fact that his family has all been yerked. And it comes up again in this book. He's still very upset about that. Takes it as a personal failure. No longer feels like he is capable or qualified to lead the Animorphs, especially now that we have parents in the mix. Um, parents, who here's problem number two, don't see Jake as an authority figure because he is a child, regardless of how much experience he has. We have Rachel's mom keeps trying to sneak away and like go call the cops. <laughs> She's like, we need to get authorities involved. No matter how many times they've tried to explain this to her, She's still trying to sneak away, is pissed off about it, having to be restrained by hork And Rachel is like, tearing into her and just which was awesome <laughs> completely disrespecting her in front of her other children <laughs> yes they're like mommy we still love you but we don't respect you anymore but yeah but we uh yeah we'll never look at you the same <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have cassie's parents who are, are doing mo- cassie's thing they're doing cassie's thing and cassie finds it very annoying where they are essentially more concerned with the the Hork-Bajir have built some sort of shelter 
to in for the old people and and uh, little baby hork bajirs to hide in if they ever get surprise attacked by the Yerks. And Cassie's mom is like, "This isn't up to code. Like they're gonna suffocate in there, and they're gonna have to poop on each other and shit." Here was my question though, because like Cassie's response is to be like, "Shut the fuck up, mom." Yeah, is to be mad that her mom made her be the grown up in this situation. But also like, why would you not be like, "Okay, mom, fix it." Yeah, exactly. you fix it then. If fix, you see you that do is, it, do it. If you can do it better, cool, do it. Like, yeah, but what? do it quickly and do it well. <laughs> right. Like, no, she just she just rolls her eyes at her mom and it's like, can't believe my mom is making me think about ethics and stuff. Like, Cassie, that's all you ever that's do. All, you're obsessed with ethics. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> Mark uh, Marco's parents, they're they both are fully invested and in, they're fine. And then Tobias, he's very, like, doesn't want to push his mom because this is, like, she doesn't have her memories, but she can morph. But he's, like, she's been through enough. Like, I don't I don't want to bother my mom. Just, just like, leave her alone. That's a Let wild play call, too, dog. but whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell her about Elfangor. I don't know if they've had that conversation yet or not. And Cassie is so upset that things are seem to be falling apart within the Animorphs themselves. They are trying to do, like, some sort of, like, drill for if the Yerks launch an attack on them. Cassie herself is the one that fucks it up. Uh, but then she, like, goes on to be annoyed when Rachel is like, we need to do better. You know, going on a Rachel rant of, like, we need to we need to be strong and we need to be tough. And Cassie's just like, ugh, I tuned her out. She's so annoying. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, guys. She goes to talk to Jake about it. She's like, Jake, we need to. You, you need you to need, get Rachel in order. You need to get Rachel. And Jake's like, I, I've tried. There's nothing I can do. I've tried to talk to her, but that's Rachel for you. What do you want me to do? I'm sick of being the leader. Don't bother me anymore. And Cassie's like, I felt like Jake was uh, rejecting me. I've never. Oh my God. I'm so sad now. I'll go talk to Marco. Yeah. Marco's just there, like, hey, baby, what's up? Yeah. Marco's fucking whittling. <laughs> Mar- Cassie's literally like, well, I know I could rely on Marco. Marco always has a plan. Marco's always strategizing and thinking. It's news to us. But she goes over there and <laughs> Marco's just like, hey, baby, just sit a spell. Let's just chat. Let's hang out. Let's not worry about shit right now. It's and she's like, Marco, you need to be doing things and making preparations. And Marco's like, Jake said we could have time off. And Cassie's like, time off? How could you? Like, what? Girl, she's so keyed up right now. And then she doesn't even bother trying to talk to Axe or Tobias. She's like, no, they're lost causes. <laughs> I feel like there was a scene that got cut for time or something, as if that was ever a thing that mattered in Animorphs. But <laughs> that was just Cassie drinking, like, 18 energy drinks. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's before all of this all the down, VA energies off the shelves. It was <laughs> she's, she's just slamming back espresso. And yes. it's just... In in a manic state at this point, because the way she is acting is just so counter to, I mean, like, some of the stuff in this book is very Cassie of the ethics and stuff. But this part where she's like, we got to move, guys. I'm like, when has this ever been the energy from Cassie? Yeah, I don't know. Is, I mean, has Kimberly Morris written a Cassie POV um, before? Real quick. This is very different energy. I I enjoy some of the ghost writers make Cassie a little bit like 
like wry and sassy, like in that mm-hmm. way that she's like, I've seen stuff and I get it. everyone's going to be like freaked out about it, but everyone needs to chill. Like that kind of like, you know. Kim wrote The Arrival, which was the one in which... That's when we meet Axe, isn't it? No, no. it's pff, way after that. It's number oh, 38. JK. Um, JK. Which is when the... Uh, Andal- Who what happens in this? Oh, I think this is the one where the, the Andalites show up and it's like the... Uh, one Andalite without a tail. Or No, 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 no. It's or the, is that the one with the, the murder group? Yeah, it's the, the murder group one. It's okay. the Andalite murder group one. And then the return, which was two books ago and was super Rachel and okay. David. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Cassie's, Cassie's in a, in a, in a, in a state. In a tizzy. Jake's like, if you want to fucking lead, then lead, Cassie. Leave me alone. So Cassie goes ahead. He's like, why doesn't literally anybody else do this? The only reason I'm leader is because Marco said I was leader. Marco said I should be, yeah. And I'm like, that's Cassie's not like, no, the worst point. other reasons. We're like, is there? Is there? Okay. When we go back to the very beginning, is there other reasons? No. <laughs> so Cassie takes it upon herself to call a meeting of the Animorphs and the parents of the Animorphs. And maybe Toby is there. Uh, the smart hork Basically... They kind of hash it all out. Like the parents are like, y'all are children and we don't, we don't understand or like what's going on. Uh, and, and Toby is like, kind of, she's like chastising the parents. She's like, you need to, you need to listen to experience regardless of how old the people are that have that experience. Like these children have been fighting a literal war for a few years now. Shut the fuck up and sit down. There's also this weird situation with, um, Cassie's dad which makes me think that maybe Cassie is intentionally terrible in this book like maybe the writers intend for for us to be having this stance like maybe we're supposed to think Cassie's bad I don't know but where Cassie's dad is like Jake I'm so sorry about your parents I will adopt you as my own and Jake's like cool and it is like kind of this moment of like that's very sweet but very naive right which I feel like very much mirrors Cassie's whole attitude towards Jake in this where she's like I will emotionally fix you and I will be strong and fix you and it will be okay and it's like cool but this isn't it doesn't work that way you can't you can't you can't just swoop in and and be his surrogate parents which makes which makes me think like Maybe this is supposed like this is kind of Cassie's an anti-hero sort of thing. I'm not sure. I wouldn't even say hero like anti-hero. Yeah, like, she's just anti. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie has reversed so much progress. Um. Eventually, the adults are kind of like guilted and coerced into voting for Jake to be like the de facto leader of the whole Corkbajir camp. He's in charge of the Corkbajir. He's in charge of the Andalites. And or the bandalites and he's in charge of the bandalites parents cool um so the next day jake decides that he's going to call a meeting now for the animorphs and they basically say hey we need to increase our numbers we there's only six of us we have no eyes and ears in town we don't know what's going on the chi aren't able to get any more information because the yerks are really like locking down on who gets to know what the only way we can do this is if we have larger numbers to confuse the Yerks. They think there's only six of us. 
they're like, well, who can we, like, we can't trust adults. Clearly the adults seem to be having this problem with coming to terms with an alien invasion. Wonder why. <laughs> they also at one point are like, maybe the Hork-Bajir. And then immediately are like, no, too stupid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. guys. <gasps> My God, even Cassie was like, they just, they just, no, I don't no. think so. No. Absolutely not. I love all animals, but, um. They are just animals at the end of the day. Cassie's <laughs> a really bad take here. Um, and then speaking of bad takes, we get axe in a second. But they then are like, hey, so remember how we knew that Lauren wasn't going to be a year because she was blind? Who Who is a group of people we know that the nasty Yerks are not going to be interested in controlling because they are assholes? Um, and... <laughs> The group is like, well, well, <laughs> well, we could, we could, uh, we could start recruiting kids that have disabilities that the Yerks are not, you know, Yerks aren't going to be interested in. Cassie, <laughs> this is Cassie's idea. Cassie's like, what if we recruited disabled children? No, we can't. We can't. That's evil. <laughs> but then agrees to do it. She comes up with the idea, immediately hates it, but then agrees to go along with it. Um, Axe goes off on his fucking bullshit of like, remember that book, The Other. Just read that again. Axe is still on his bullshit, even after all of that. Um, they're like, Axe, sh- shut the fuck up, dude. You got to stop. You got to stop. They ignore him. They take the morphing cube and they decide to go find some kids their age with disabilities. They go to, they go out in town. Cassie, Marco, and Jake go out to town to begin recruiting. They, Jake is on like this whole, uh, tear my heart open, (laughs) saw myself I was trying to think of the idiom. It's not devil may cry because that's a video game. Devil may care. Devil may care. Thank you. (laughs) Devil may cry is a video game. Jake is on that whole devil may care, like wild ride he comes up with the most convoluted but exciting plan he's like we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna go to a bike shop we're gonna steal bikes we're gonna ride them to a facility (laughs) it immediately goes to shit because the yerks recognize them when they're outside of the bike shop they have to they steal the bikes and ride them to like a, a mad magician costume costume shop yeah costume shop costume shop they all get costumes uh and then they fall in with a group so convenient a group of uh performing arts students who are going to a children's hospital to cheer up the children that have disabilities i don't think it's a hospital i think it's a rehab center yes yes it's a home yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) it's just like why would they be there (laughs) At the Just, same exact time. We got to move this plot along. It's, yes. It, we've had too much whining already. <laughs> Very clearly a day sex machina. Like. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so they go to the hospital. They're like, wow, these kids are all young. They're, this is like, you know, the the um, like five and six year olds where the performing arts students are like putting on a dance and doing a song and yada, yada. And the. You, <laughs> you know, when I said uh, that cutting a scene for time has never been a problem in an animal's book before this, this would one be, could have been this would be an example of what i'm talking about that <laughs> yes you we absolutely could have cut this for time but apparently no <laughs> they're like oh my gosh all of these children are young 
what will we do? Go look for the older ones, I guess. Okay. But we that can't was... do that. <laughs> we First, we have to steal these magazines off a table. Then we have to wander out into the hallway. Then we have to, like, talk to seven different people until we find the right one. <laughs> this was not anything that was an actual problem. This was like this was like if during a high speed like getaway chase someone stopped and asked for directions. Yeah, or pulled like it into just a com- McDonald's. <laughs> just completely breaks the momentum of everything that's going on. I'm just like, okay, get to it. Come on. <laughs> uh they do eventually find teenagers their age. Um, Phew, thank God I was so worried. I was so worried this wouldn't work out for them really. Uh and most of them, they are, they're very jaded and don't really want to talk to people that they perceive as like these performing arts students just trying to like fill volunteer hours, you know. They're like, we don't, please don't do any songs or magic tricks for us. We don't, we don't care. Um, but they're finally able to get the attention of a boy named James. Um, James, I, he, he's, I know he's a wheelchair user. I don't know, like specifically what his I'm assuming is. that he he had a spinal he was in an injury accident. yes because he was yeah. in a car crash I think it's supposed to be a spinal injury that caused like uh paralyzation below the waist I believe okay. so he he James's whole thing is that he was in an accident that left him paralyzed and his parents left him here in this in this rehab facility home situation he's been here the longest so he's kind of he's the leader of of this crew um and cassie marco and jake are like if we can get him then he can help us spread the word so they they take james into a room they explain the whole situation of like here's yurks here's andalites here's what's up man we can morph they show him here's they me show turning into morphing. a tiger yes um, and I, James is a little hesitant at first, but they eventually get him on board. They get some of the other, I think there's like three or four others that decide to join him at first. They give them all the morphing cube, um, fly them, turn them all into pigeons, fly them out to the garden, lets them touch a whole bunch of animals. And then they bring them back. The difficulty with that Cassie has recognized and the others have, they've also talked about with, with these individuals is they're saying, Hey, the morphing abilities, if you were not born with your disability, you may become healed. But we have to have you stay here and pretend that you are still disabled because the Yerks will become suspicious if you leave. So that's kind of like a, they, they're worried that the, the individuals that they've now recruited will not be able to maintain the ruse. I question like I think they would have been able to 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 continue like returning to this rehab center. I don't they could not have hidden the fact that they are completely healed though. Yeah. Like, they're like James's previously atrophied legs were now muscular and healthy. I'm like that is immediately noticeable. <laughs> it's number one noticeable. Number two, I don't know if that I don't feel like that's how DNA works. Like I don't think it's like Oh, your DNA was repaired, so now you can walk, and you also grew muscles. And also, you grew muscles. Yeah, you're you're so f- your legs are so beefy now. I don't. Now think you that are that's... a perfect specimen of a it, human being. It's not like a time travel. It's not like oh, you've had perfect DNA the whole time, or yeah. not perfect DNA because the DNA never you know got altered. But like you go back to the state before yeah. your DNA you would was have had injured. a four year old's legs. <laughs> right. I don't. I 
I don't think you would grow muscles magically. You would just have the ability to walk again and yes, build up exactly. the muscles is what I would think. Yes. Right. Um, so that doesn't seem scientifically accurate. If it worked how I would assume it would work, which would just be that you could theoretically now walk, but you still have like those muscles have still been atrophied and you still can't use, you know, like you're going to have to build them back up or whatever. That would be a lot easier to hide. So I feel like that would have made more sense, but we didn't do mm-hmm. that for some reason in this book. I don't know. Um, yeah. There's also I like I this whole part left me very unsure exactly how I felt about it because I feel like I really would like to hear someone's response on this who's a member of the disabled community. Yeah, yeah. That was my whole vibe with this book. I was like, I don't I don't feel comfortable talking about the representation, mm-hmm. but I do feel weird. Yeah. Um I I feel like a lot of disability advocacy now is more focused on let's not try to worry so much about fixing or changing the person Mm -hmm, and more mm -hmm. making things more accessible right which i mean i guess you could argue like for the the boy who i believe has uh, cerebral palsy and has a very severe stutter um or like inability to form words i think that's the kid with cerebral palsy right is the one who also like has trouble talking and communicating like i guess you could kind of make the argument that thought speech is sort of like making something more accessible in the same mm-hmm. way that like a Dynavox or other like talk system would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe that sort of works. I think my main takeaway from it though, is just that throughout this whole book, it it did very much feel like this is not a book that is written for um, middle school kids with disabilities. This is a, a book written for kids without disabilities to read and try and, to empathize with yes. kids with disabilities. If that makes yeah. sense. That, more like, about like, awareness but not like from from the point of view of someone with the yeah exact, yeah it the the moral of the story is not look you can be a hero too if you are a wheelchair user mm-hmm. or you know someone uh who is a paraplegic or uh cerebral palsy or whatever um and more look they can be heroes too right mm-hmm. which i don't love but in other ways i did feel like it was you know yeah fairly good rap I don't know it's it's read to me like I I, it it went into depth I think for each individual like it wasn't just like oh James was in a wheelchair and then like there's some other kids here too like we did we did see like I don't know we it was like a it's a variety like we're trying to check off boxes but Mm -hmm. you know like it it felt like there was some effort put in to do some research about what what it would be like to have to live in a care facility like this um I think my my biggest issue too with this was whole Cassie's whole thing okay so she she's not okay entirely with the situation that she thought up but her whole thing is like, oh, they're going to be so helpless when they're outside of morphs. And like kind of really emphasizing this like um, their inability to care for themselves or to like escape from danger or something if they have to demorph in the middle of battle. But like really instead of it coming, I don't know, just like the the language that Cassie had used to kind of talk about it felt like it was just very like they're helpless. Like they're, they're not going to be able to do anything and, you know, blah, 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 which – we did see a situation where this came up where like someone had to demorph and like they have no way to move their body off of the battlefield. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I just I didn't like the I didn't care for the way Cassie was thinking about it, the direction she was taking it. I think that the the reason that I don't agree with Kathy's Kathy's Cassie's position <laughs> um, is that 
again, it is, I feel like it is the way that a lot of like disability, not, I'm trying to think of what the word would be like, not like the opposite of advocacy. Like, um, (laughs) that a lot of um, kind of discourse around disability does lead to that, right? Of like, yeah they are so helpless and they can't handle it. And it's like, right, mm-hmm. well, they could if you gave them the tools, if things were more accessible, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that, like, there is a very obvious solution to the problem of if they demorph, they are in danger, right? Which is, like, mm-hmm. train them so that they can morph quickly. Yeah, because if yeah. you demorph and then remorph, you can get yourself off the battlefield, right? Yeah. Like, like, have a couple of people designated to retrieve people from the battlefield yes. if you need to, yeah. Cassie is correct that it would be a problem if someone is injured in the middle of the battle and has to demorph and does not have their wheelchair Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, mobility uh, device they are using there with them. She's right. That would be hard. Mm -hmm. But there are ways to get around that. Yeah. And we even see that in the book, too, where Gorilla Marco just walks over and, like, deposits them elsewhere and they remorph and everything. No one dies. It's fine. Right. Um, And... I, which is why I feel like Cassie's almost meant to be the villain in yeah, this. Like, because she never reflects on that. She's never like, "Oh, I see now that I was wrong to be as worried." Like, yes, this is still not a good situation. We are bringing more children into this situation where we could literally die any day. But now I see that you know, I I need to think outside, like my own narrow perspective of things. Right, and also this book makes the point, which I think is a necessary point, that. In situations, in uh, moments of crisis where, you know, the the world is in danger or whatever, that the people who are most threatened by that are not the people in positions of power, right? Mm -hmm. That if the Yerks win, it will be very bad for the Andalites. Their bodies Mm -hmm. will be taken over by Yerks, and that will be upsetting and sad. That's bad for them. Yes, For these kids, if the Yerks win, they will be killed. Mm -hmm. They will be killed. So, like, I think it is very patronizing of Cassie to be like, they're so helpless and they can't. Again, we've we've seen this again, like with the Jake slavery book, like where the questions that this book, this book series is kind of posing. It's like, or not questions, but like this book series thesis if anything is that war war is bad yes (laughs) children should not fight children shouldn't fight but anybody who like that it is it is your right as a human to have to To make these decisions fight for your existence to be given the opportunity right yes which is why i think that cassie's a villain in this book like i think that like like she's diametrically opposed to that. She's sitting here and saying like, no, they need to be coddled. And we see that at the end with Jake too, that she mm-hmm. is taking away. Mm-hmm. She, she is taking away people's agency over yes. and over again in this book. She's like, they can't do it. They can't make this decision for themselves. I'm mm-hmm. going to make the decision for them. And I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even in the way that she deals with her friends, she's like, I know Rachel is going to be aggressive about this situation. Cause that's how she exhibits her, her fears and anxieties. But Instead of, like, listening to her, I'm just going to block her out and not even listen to right. what she is saying. Margo I'm going to is, try to get her boss to yell at her. Like, yeah, yes. Girl, and you're Margo, being a Karen. who we all know is, like, the relaxed joker of the group, is actually taking a moment to relax and, like, just be at peace because boy's been worried about his mom since however long and, his, and then his dad, whatever. He's just taking a moment to fucking whittle. And Cassie's like, stop that. Don't do that. Right. 
do more, do something. So yeah, she's not, she's just, yeah, I don't know if this is supposed to be, if this is supposed to be a good example of Cassie or if we are purposefully making her bad so that the readers can be like, no, you shouldn't think this way. Because that seems like a big, I don't know, it yeah. seems like a big leap, but I don't want to discredit and be like middle grade fiction can't you know, I tell mean, these kinds of things. It does seem like a big leap and also like it, that that seems kind of counterintuitive for a book series that is intended to be able to be read pretty much in any order, whichever one you yeah. have library. You know, we've talked about this before, that yeah. it's such a long series and that at the time, like, you know, it was kind of expected that you wouldn't necessarily have read every single book, right? Yes. So that kind of seems like a big swing to be like, hmm, we're going to present this uh, hero of the book as morally wrong, but never coming to terms with that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That and she that's how we're going to leave her. That. That's her last yeah. POV, you know? Like, <laughs> who? So... Yes, we get we get 17 more individuals to join the fight, which is awesome. I'm so happy that we now have more morphs. And I want uh, that spinoff series. I do, too, so badly. We can call it The Ultimates. I don't care. That's the name of this book. <laughs> um, I don't. That would be a – I actually like that as a name yeah. for their, their team. We get an interesting moment where James chooses as his battle morph the same lion that David chose. And so it feels a little sinister and ominous. I think that's just the Cassie coming through, though, where mm-hmm. she's nervous about the whole situation. Because James seems – all intents and purposes seems to be a really cool dude. Like he's he's here to fight and he's happy to do it and he knows how to lead. He's also the only or the only one of the main like the original group that we see that does uh, his disability is cured by mm-hmm. the morphing. Right. Yeah. Everybody else. It's like, well, we have a genetic condition or whatever, which yeah. there's only three people that are uh, out of the yeah morphing. out of the 17 yeah. and the mm-hmm. only named one is james but mm-hmm. you know he's still like committed to the fight and still gonna you know fake it till he makes it and whatever um yeah. and also i really appreciated that uh most of these kids disabilities were not fixed magically yeah. by the morph yeah that like, would have been pretty i think that that's kind of been my complaint with a lot of the disability talk in this series so far mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of oh, woe is me, I was so hideously scarred or, you know, I'm blind and it ruined my life or whatever. And there has not been really any representation of A, anybody who just has been disabled from birth or Mm -hmm. and B, anybody kind of just dealing with it, you know? Yeah, just living. Um, And I liked that, you know, uh, although I still think that this is not a book written with disabled readers in mind, um, that... It's it's not like oh we magically fixed fixed everybody and now they they can be happy. It's like no, yeah. no, that's not how it works and yeah. that's but they, fine. Yeah, yeah, but they are given the ability to fight and they're going to because this does affect them. Yeah, I I did like that stance on it as well. Um, I also like some of the things that James says. So we do we do have a fight eventually in this book. And it's taken us a while to get through the plot of this one. But we do eventually have a fight, a big battle between Visser 3 minus 1 and a bunch of controllers and, and, the, and the new Andalite army, Bandalite army. Um, and James is like, you know, like, we fight every day. So I know that you can you can fight this. This, this battle is nothing compared to, you know. Uh, the fight that we do every day just to survive. This is another one of those. So I, I mean, like again, like I can't speak for the representation, but it was kind of nice to say, like, hey, we're not these these morphs aren't making us better. They're just you mm-hmm. know they're giving us another tool in our arsenal to to continue to survive and thrive. Um. 
So, yes, we get... Cassie also has this moment where, because James is, like, the leader of these kids in the in living in this in this facility she's like i'm nervous now that more people answer to james than do to jake and i'm just like whatever cassie okay cool jake doesn't want to be the leader just let james lead just whatever james lead. um everything kind of comes to a head when they they've kind of they've run out of kids at at james's facility they go they go to a school for the blind and they um wake up a girl and try to start explaining things to her but guess what it's a trap this girl's a controller um and the Yerks all show up and um Jake, Rachel, Tobias, Marco, and Axe stay and fight and and Cassie, who has morphed in the meantime, is able to slip away and go alert James and the and the new Animorphs that it is time to go. This is it. They all get in their battle morphs. They they go to the school, they're fighting Visser three minus two, who has turned into like the gross tentacle monster that he has. Uh, he's going after Jake. Everyone fucking hates Jake, I guess. <laughs> and <laughs> Tom is also there and grab the morphing cube. Tom shows up. The morphing cube is here in play because they were going to give the morphing powers to to some of these of the blind children, I suppose. So the morphing cube is pou- bouncing around. Visser one is trying to get it. Tom has it. Jake has it. Whoever else has it. Tom ends up with it in the end. And instead of giving it to Visser three minus two, which I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he just fucking books it. He's out of here. Um, which, which again, this works out really well for Cassie. If Tom has decided to break away from Visser one, if, if he hasn't, then <sighs> Cassie's fucking stupid. Jake, Jake and his tiger morph goes after Tom. Cassie seeing this is like, uh oh, Jake might have to do something bad. She follows. There's a confrontation finally. Jake and Tom meet up in the woods. Tom shoots off one of Jake's legs. Jake doesn't fucking care. He's gonna he's like stalking towards Tom, who's injured. He's about to pounce on this boy and get the morphing cube back. But Cassie, knowing this is her rationale, she says, if Jake kills Tom, I will lose my sweet Jake. My Jake that I love, my pre-war Jake, I will lose him. So in a completely selfish move, instead of going after Tom, Cassie attacks Jake and prevents him from stopping his brother. Furthermore, after Jake has been incapacitated, she does not then go after Tom. She lets Tom escape with the morphing cube. Cassie. And she doesn't understand why Jake is fucking livid with her. Because she was right. She was right. <laughs> she, she knows it. Yep. Yep. And that's how the book ends with Cassie saying, I don't know why Jake is mad, but if I had to do it again, I would because I know in my heart of hearts it was the right thing to do. Letting Tom get away with the morphing cube was the right thing to do. Even though now we can no longer give morphing powers to anyone, and now any year who wants to can morph. Cool. Also, cool. Jake is probably going to break good. up with me now because of I did a very unforgivable bad. Because again, Cassie is taking away people's agency yep. to do the thing that they, you know, that they believe is best for themselves, whether or not she thinks it's right. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, what if? fucking cool end to jake's arc it would have been if he ended up having to kill his brother and it wasn't even his pov 
Like, how cool would that have been? We've had this whole, Jake's whole thing is, I got to save my brother. I've got to stop my brother killing my parents. I've got to, like, I'm, he has yerked my, he has yerked my, our parents. He has, he's done this betrayal, but in order to free Tom, I have to kill him. This is what I, what is what it's come to. Mm. How fucking cool would that have been? Like, not cool that he would have to do that, but such a, such like, such a good like ending to that and then and then his next pov having to grapple with the after effects of that but no cassie's like no jake i don't want you to lose the the cheerfulness the innocence that's in you that i love girl (sighs) cassie he's not your child yeah (laughs) and then you didn't fuck it oh my god yeah if she had then gone after tom been like Cassie, that's awesome. You are, you are willing to take the fall for Jake and you are throwing your morals out the window for Jake. Okay. Like it kind of sucks. You're doing it for a man, but like, cool. I, I a hundred percent think that that would have been so much. I mean, it still would have been problematic because it still would have been Cassie deciding things for Jake, but Mm. I do think that it's like, okay, we saw this again with the Rachel thing with the Rachel David thing, which I think was this author as well of Mm -hmm. like Cassie being like, Oh, it is wrong for you to do this, Rachel. And Rachel being like, okay, then you do it. And Cassie being like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. I can't. Yeah. So again, it's like, Cassie's like, Oh, it'd be wrong for Jake to kill Tom. Okay. Then you do it. Then you do it. You do it. If you, I can't, I can't make the hard decisions. I'm not that girl. That's the other girl. If you are like so worried about Jake losing his innocence, the the appropriate sacrifice would be for you to do it so then mm-hmm. then Jake can retain his innocence and maybe Jake will hate you, but that's what you have to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, you're just like, "Oops, he got away." Yeah. She doesn't care about Rachel's innocence. She'll like mm. let Rachel go and kill David. Cassie, I I rooted for you. We were all rooting for you, Cassie. I wasn't. I never was. I've always hated Cassie. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's. I was so mad when I finished this book. I wanted to immediately read the next one to see if anyone was going to shit on Cassie. I was like so ready for it. I was like, "Mm, yeah, they're all going to hate her. But I can't read ahead. I can't read ahead. It would ruin the whole podcast. (laughs) They're probably not even going to mention it. In uh, the meantime, who was your most valuable more for this book? Oh, God. I James? Yeah, I was going to say it's obvious. It's James. Yeah. <laughs> A plus James. James, you did good. I can't wait to read your series, The Ultimates. God, please. Why is there not a James POV or any of these new kids? I would Honestly. love it. God, Maybe that's so... the beginning is they give the morphing power to more and more people. And they're like, all right, now everyone duke it out. <laughs> We're done. Bye. <laughs> uh morbid moment um i think my morbid moment honestly is we i didn't mention this in the summary but during the battle so viscer one three minus two turns into the tentacle monster Mm -hmm. and when the new animorphs come in they're like able to cut off uh no someone turns into a hork bajir and cuts off no it's one of the hork bajir yes it's one of the hork bajirs okay sorry i forgot i completely twisted this around let me start over <laughs> so in the battle with when Visser three minus two is turned into a giant tentacle monster, one of the Hork Bajir that is there acting as one his of the protection detail. Yeah, one of the blue bands. One of the blue bands 
cuts off one of Visser One's tentacles, thereby sending the taxons into a free- feeding frenzy, and they start to devour Visser One, which I thought was so gross. Um, but could good cool news is we know that the resistance within the Yerks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is still alive and well. Yes. Um, the e- the eating of Visser Visser One was gross. What about you? Um, I think probably all of the uh, new Animorphs kind of adding sad, children to sad backstories mm-hmm. um was also pretty rough like uh, especially too, i think her yeah. name's colette is that one of them oh who the one who lied mm-hmm. who's like oh Olympic. i was yeah she was like oh i was in an accident like a skiing accident basically and then they do the morphing stuff and she you know doesn't magically become healed and they're like oh that's so weird that like you weren't <laughs> magically healed or they might have just been talking about it i can't remember but yeah i don't um, remember exactly She's basically like, oh, yeah, I lied. Um, I actually, you know, have, you know, had this disability from birth. Yeah. And um, I, my brother and his wife, I think, are have, like, taken care of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got stationed overseas and they were supposed to send for me. But they're like it, the place that they're living isn't accessible. So yeah. I have to stay here until they come back. And it could be years. And that was a little too real. Like I didn't care for that, no. <laughs> it was very upsetting. Was not prepared for, yeah. Here we are in this children's book series talking about this. Great. Keep forgetting how heavy-hitting they can be at times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so series theories. What do you think is going to go? What, what do you think is happening? What's okay, well, on? first off, I want to recap a series theory that we've had for a while and okay. say uh, update it because I think that I'm – kind of striking off the board at this point uh and maybe this will be incorrect now but in the past i've predicted that i think cassie will die and that has been kind of meta because i've read uh people set commenting like on the series oh it's terrible what they did to cassie i think maybe this this is is the the thing thing. this might be it it might not be that she dies it might people might have been referring to her character yes i haven't looked at like jake's gonna die maybe someone's gonna die I haven't looked at any like reviews for this book in particular, but I would hope that people don't like Cassie in this book. I did read the reviews for this one because I just mostly I was looking to see if like there was anyone that could speak from like a personal experience. Mm -hmm. Like this is how I felt about the book's representation. Yeah. Um, But no, all of the reviews were like, Cassie can fucking eat it. Like this is disgusting. I hate her. She's trash and garbage. No wonder the whole fandom hates her. Like, yeah, (laughs) everyone was pissed. This might be the the thing that people are like, yeah, Cassie, Cassie. Cassie's character didn't deserve that. Not like she got killed. Complete assassination of any like redeeming. Yes. Yeah. I also have a lot of theories regarding the Tom of it all. I think that um, the most likely outcome of this, because of course Cassie can't actually be wrong. I think that probably she's going to be, you know, proven to be right at the end because Tom is going to meet up with, as you mentioned, the heavily pointed to in the end of this book yerk resistance that yes. tom is going to give the morphing cube to them because, because he was brutally tortured yep mm-hmm. and because this or this we've said before viscer three minus two is not good at employee retention because mm-hmm. he kills Just you kills if you fuck up <laughs> and he very specifically told tom that like he was a huge fuck up and he was going to kill him even if he got the morphing cube back so like mm-hmm. 
seems like Tom doesn't have much of an incentive to go back to Visitor 3 minus 1. Exactly. Or 3 minus 2. Seems like probably he's going to look at his options. He's not going to go Animorphs because that would be just opening a can of worms. Mm. Um, I think he's probably going to take it to the Yik Resistance. I agree. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be cool. But it's so frustrating that, like, for Cassie to be correct about that. I know. I just... It, she's so smug at the end of this book. It's, I'm like, girl, you were worse off than you were when you felt so hopeless at the beginning of this book and you couldn't successfully complete the drill because you were so sad about everything. Like, mm, Cassie. <laughs> but she saved her love. If her and Jake end up together at the end of this book series, I would be so upset. Like, I think Jake just needs to just let her go. Cut her loose. Only time will tell. You, you've got someone out there who calls you a prince every day, Jake. I know. <laughs> Just the the choice is clear. The choice is clear. He loves and respects you and doesn't question your decisions ever. Which is all you need in a partner. <laughs> you know, Axe, Axe would have would have morphed into a tiger along with you and t- taken Murdered down. Murdered your brother. Yeah, but yes. would have let you get that last chomp. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh. What a good boy, Axis. <laughs> uh, well, we will be back with the Animorphs in a little bit, but mm-hmm. next week we are going to be wrapping up my unit on mm-hmm. psychological horror. Uh, yeah, so next week we will be reading The Twisted Ones by T. Kingfisher. Looking forward to it. And then the week <laughs> after that... <laughs> <laughs> leave the laughter in but don't explain why we're laughing (laughs) and then the week after that uh we'll be back with animals number 51 the absolute Mm -hmm. the absolute what i don't know how can you go from the ultimate to the absolute that should have been the other way around we got the absolute the sacrifice the answer and the beginning i think are the remaining books damn and the elements chronicles and the elements chronicles right but much much awaited i can't wait cannot cannot uh, in the meantime, if you want to get at us with your non-spoilery andalite, no, anamorph theories, please tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should because we are worth it and you're worth it too (laughs) yeah yeah if you use apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review but if you don't that's all right you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like in the words of ka applegate it's got to be kids marco said musingly adults are too reality bound it's too hard for them to suspend disbelief even when the new reality hits them in the face because they're all fucking boomers (laughs) every single one of their parents (laughs) These are these are just elder millennials trying to keep, trying to live life. You know, it's just, mm, mm. <laughs> very interesting to see the echoes of it today. You know, you know, Rachel's mom is not getting vaccinated. You know it. <laughs> Anna, do you have a book picked for that? I do have a book picked. Okay, great. Um, do you want to? Go ahead and say what it is while I take my headphones off because you'll be yeah. telling me in the next episode we record. Yes. So give me a thumbs up when you're all done. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, so next week we will be reading The Twisted Ones by T. Kingfisher. Looking forward to it. And then the week <laughs> after that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the week Leave after the that. laughter in, but don't explain why we're laughing. 